0: Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use.
1: One, two, three. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're on number 12. Dave, what is up?
0: Well, I'm sitting here drinking some water. Out of a glass jar and uh, listen to you ramble and talking about you're bitter again.
1: Yeah, I'm always bitter, man. Why
0: why are you bitter now?
1: Because I don't like people.
0: (sighs) Man, I know you're stressed out because you're selling a car.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's, that's crazy. Marketplace is retarded.
0: Well, maybe if we advertise the car on here, (laughs) you'll get even more messages.
1: Oh, no, no. Forget he even mentioned my antique 85 mint condition car all
0: right cool so on a on a real note um how's the weather in pa today
1: actually today not too bad yesterday we had like seven inches of snow mm, but it got up to 41 today and we're melting off looking yeah, good. today
0: yesterday and today has been about 40 mile an hour gusts of winds mm. and uh it's like 50 degrees out sunny but tomorrow it's supposed to be nice and um I'm actually yeah. finally get a chance to head to my farm this weekend and I'm going to be doing some frost seeding and uh, see I do uh, frost seeding and some cutting and some uh, replenishing some domain feed. Um. So I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, for the past uh, few days last weekend, I was in Kentucky. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, I knew that
0: okay maybe the listeners
1: with, didn't yeah
0: i was in kentucky and uh working with an outfitter uh hunter's edge and uh llc and they're an outfitter and i actually went there last year uh andre and his and his dad bought the place it's uh, about 200 acres um it uh, needed some work and they brought me out there last year hired me to help them out and uh you know, kind of do a plan for them a little bit and kind of get them going. And, uh, it's so many acres. So, you know, only a, a two day trip or something. I couldn't really fit it all in. So I gave them some ideas and, and things to get going. We, I think they put in 10 acres of plot food plots total that I think they had a total of 10 stands and their whole idea and goal with this place is not to bring in a lot of people.
1: They yeah. Don't- and that's the opposite of what I thought you was going there for.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. They don't want a lot of people. Um, They just want a select few each year because they don't want to burn the place out. It's only 200 acres. You can only, you know, you mean you can only shoot so many deer. Um, it's not like they have multiple farms, you know, that they yeah. can, that they can burn out and rotate. It's just a, it's a family farm, family owned, where they only want a select few people. Um, yeah. The cool thing about it is Kentucky, you know, opens, the season opens like September 2nd so you can get uh you have a chance of velvet um right. so i went out there last year and like i said they had 10 10 acres of plots i gave them some entry and exit exit strategies and i think we set up like eight or ten stands i believe hmm. and they were able to shoot three bucks this this last year so they're nice. ecstatic
1: nice
0: the clients were happy i think they had six or seven people total i think and uh so i came back out this year uh And we laid out, now they have 18 tree stands, uh, still 10 acres of plots. They, we redid a few things and then I spent the entire day in the mountain, um, They
1: worked you like a dog.
0: I was worked to a, like a dog.
1: You was worked like a dog.
0: I cut trees to help, um, with canopy opening up and some structure on the ground. Because if you stand in the woods, the entire woods looks the same. You can see through hundreds of yards through the woods. It's just a closed canopy forest. They don't want a forester in there. They don't want a cuttings or like a clear cut, select cut. It doesn't really have marketable timber. So my main focus was eliminating beech trees. The beech trees I cut were ginormous. So we went up back in the back and on the benches, you know, I kind of had, I started cutting the beech the trees on the benches and made some travel corridors through there. We got two stands back in there for early morning hunts. And then we actually found the old logging road that went around the perimeter of the property. We scoped that out for a couple hours the first day and we figured out where it can connect. You know, on both ends they have to get a skid steer to connect them a little bit, but those access roads will be good for getting back to that back side of that property in early morning hunts.
1: You had mentioned, <laughs> that they were taking clients in a buggy, yeah, and it's probably blowing out deer. And yep, you you've <clears throat> said that uh, with talking with the elder there that uh, they need to do some walking or electric biking to get into their faraway spots. Correct.
0: Yes, you are correct. So one of the issues with the property is access. Um, it's not impossible it's a little tricky but the people that they were getting the clients they were getting it, I, I'll, I'll say this because they you know hunters are are sissified we, we use this term a lot they become sissified they don't want to walk they don't want to put any work in and the the clients they were getting immediately, when they were told they had to walk, they got like an attitude <laughs> because I guess being that they, they paid for a hunt, right? Right. They want, they want to be catered to a hundred percent. I guess. Which I get, I understand that, but you, you're paying to hunt to have success. And in order to have success, you have to follow what the outfitter is trying to do and the importance of entry and exit. So unfortunately they use the buggy to drop people off at the stands, which yeah. I made an emphasis emphasis on that to
1: stop. Please stop, you know, please stop that. Um, I, I can see, I could see picking them up at night Yeah, and maybe pushing off some mm-hmm. deer with the buggy so that yeah. you don't uh, have them pinpoint mm-hmm. you or whatever. Yeah. I talked to you them know, to, you know, so you can make about, a clean exit.
0: Yeah. Talk to them about leaving the buggy run and, you know, try to get up in there and get out. But, it, it's you just can't do that um yeah. but anyway it's a good place they they're they're excited i eliminated a lot of beech trees i'm going back out again next year to do some more work with them and uh yeah it's a it's a cool place so yeah I think I it's mean, got a lot of a lot of potential
1: it, it is pretty neat though in a way that they don't want to be big you know it does not want to be big at all and I would rather have quality than you know the quantity in there, mm-hmm. meaning meaning quality deer numbers than yeah oh, a yeah. bunch a bunch of small ones, and and of course they're gonna have a a minimum size limit and things, mm-hmm. which we had talked about and it's on their website too, which I don't think is too awful bad. I think it's pretty obtainable, especially for Kentucky.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the area of the inn, I don't think it's, it's high deer numbers, but they do have quality bucks already. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they told me was when I got there, one of the things they said was the appearance of the deer has gone way up since the first year. Reason being is they got food in there now. Yeah. Because when I was there the first year, you could see ribs showing on all the trail camera pictures and all this. Well, now they got food plots and we saw pictures of throughout this season, no rips. So that was one of the, that was one of the things they, they had noticed the first year just by getting food in there.
1: They'll get a lot of maturity too through, through not having all those people there shooting Mm -hmm. deer off while they're young. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some mature hogs down there to kill
0: yeah well it's all mountain country and hills and so i guess statistics show you know in hill country and everything you kind of increase the age structure of bucks so yeah. they have that going for them and then they have an adjoining uh property that they have permission to hunt an additional 400 acres they can't manage that side of the farm but they can at least you know they have that to where other hunters aren't in there so right. technically it's 600 acres that they could get, uh, you know, some nice bucks on.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: So I'm still, I'm still a little sore here, you know, oh. from cutting all day. I bet. Um, but it was fun. So I'm excited for them and can't wait to hear their success, uh, this fall. Cool, cool.
1: All right. Let's roll into the first topic. We was talking about soil health. Yes, you we said, are. You said you've seen some, uh, videos and things online and uh so you're
0: gonna throw me under the bus
1: basically since you wanted to talk <laughs> about it all right but w- we were talking about the uh, folks Organ- that were trying to get o- organic matter and topsoil built yeah yeah take, take it away what do you want to say about
0: it? well i saw a couple videos recently and this whole this whole push for um no-till in the food plot world is getting a lot of attention and uh, it's not a, it's not a bad method. It's uh, because, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just a new way of, uh, it's a new trend really. in for the actual food plot world, but the, the podcast that I was listening to was saying that the guy was super excited that he gained one per one point of organic matter, in five years, yeah, it's by nuts. doing no till.
1: That five years, one percent,
0: one percent. That is, uh, that's silly. Um, it's
1: almost laughable.
0: It is, and I, I can see that not
1: being ignorant, but
0: I mean, yeah, I can see that in a in a super rocky condition where you can't physically disc and you're trying to build the soil like on top of the rocks. Yeah, you know that could be an exception, but in general. We're talking about a food plot for a deer, right? (laughs) A deer, a critter, an animal. Um, You have guys that are wanting to do this no-till and this whole, this whole crimping and this rolling and stuff to try to build soil on top of soil. They don't want to disturb the, the, the soil as it is. So they're trying to build all this stuff. Well, let me let me say this. it takes a hundred years, I guess on average, to build an inch of topsoil. I've Who has a hundred years? I'm I don't have a hundred. Uh-huh.
1: I'm gonna live forever.
0: Okay, if you say so. Um, the absolute quickest way to, to build soil <clears throat> is to just simply dish the ground where you're where you're turning green material back into the soil. Remember the old farm? mm-hmm okay we did soil samples i had organic matters into three three and a half four percent after three years of disking and and turning green manure back into the soil i needed zero fertilizer and the organic matter jumped from like three to four it jumped i had organic matters into eight nine and ten percent
1: yeah <clears throat> I agree. i it's i it. have I have made considerable jumps over at the pasture that mm-hmm. I have destination plot there, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's uh, same same thing. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I'm disking and and plowing things under and adding it into the soil, and it decays, mm-hmm. and that is your organic matter underground that's going to mm-hmm. hold moisture for you and feed. Sure feed your plants
0: well it's going to hold moisture it's going to hold nutrients yep
1: you know by,
0: that, by being a sponge
1: that adds to your C- CEC, your mm-hmm. cation exchange mm-hmm. you know well and it helps that out greatly
0: 100 percent. yeah i mean the plots at the farm you know they were very poor soil starting out needed tons of fertilizer yeah we added synthetic fertilizer to get it going and in three years we did soil samples and we did not need fertilizer anymore Mm-hmm. The new, the numbers were so high, you know, um, it was all, it was all adequate. It did not need fertilizer. So you do that in the beginning. And then the end result is you don't need much fertilizer. All right. You, so you're saving the money. So the guys that's, uh, you know, wanting to buy these crimpers and these rollers and, you know, and, and are bashing that are now bashing people for disrupting the soil. Well, if you do it the right way, you know, by not just disking and leaving bare soil, you're actually planting, you know, something green um, that holds the soil together. And you're doing rotations and incorporating that green uh, material back in. I mean, I,
1: I know you're going to get guys that are going to argue, say no till's the new way and this is better. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't hurt this, don't hurt that. But let's face it conventional tilling's been around since biblical days yeah i mean if it was good enough for god's guys back then it's good enough for me mm-hmm. that's all i gotta say
0: <laughs> i I, <laughs> I agree with you um the whole disc you know it's, you're eliminating the carbon you know mm-hmm. in the soil and then and the nitrogen yeah i mean i i get it like i understand it um well
1: one day you hear one day you hear that you're disking you're adding oxygen down and it's ruining mm-hmm. this and that and then someone else comes along and says well you're you're aerating your your dirt and it's adding yeah. oxygen to your giving it to your plants and it's like right. okay which is it if you're gonna argue science tell me what the real deal is yeah you know mm-hmm. tell me what really works is it right. is it bad for the soil or is it good for the soil i get tired I mean, of that argument
0: yeah i mean it could possibly be and it, it probably it, i i you know i don't have the answer to it but all i can yeah. tell you is all i can say is from experience saying that every time i plant food plots disc in the ground my soil samples prove that i'm doing the right thing it the the soil is going in the right direction and my food plots yeah. are beautiful yeah. that's yeah. all you that's all you need to know you know
1: and and, and you you uh you're avoiding fertilizer shaming. Yeah. <laughs> if you get if you get your plots, if you and that's the that's the funny part of this is they they bash you for using the the synthetic fertilizers but how, like you said earlier, how many years do you have to wait? Let's let's put the stuff on. Let's get the mm-hmm. ball rolling. Let's get the numbers up and then eventually you don't need it. Yeah. And then you don't need to feel shameful for using synthetic fertilizer i know know?
0: it's synthetic uh, fertilizer is the devil right yeah
1: it's the devil right now well i think it's the devil because of the prices not because i have to use it you know
0: yeah i mean the prices are high too but i mean you can't you can't get something out of something that or you you can't get something out of of something that you're not putting nothing into if you're not putting anything into the soil how can you expect to get anything out of it?
1: Right. And I think if you really, really think about it, if you're mowing or rolling or crimping and Mm -hmm. laying it on top, it's just sitting there. Yes, it's decaying, decomposing slowly. Mm -hmm. But if it was under, if it was in the dirt, Mm Down near the root zone of what you're growing, wouldn't you rather have it there feeding and you know putting that nutrient straight to the roots
0: mm-hmm. instead of
1: trying to feed it from the top down? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like lighting a fire from the top, mm-hmm. it doesn't work out real well. It, you have to light a fire from the bottom mm-hmm. and then it consumes. And you know, it's the same idea.
0: Well, think about it like this too when you're okay so people talk about compaction in the soil
1: mm-hmm.
0: well if you're taking a tractor and you're continuously driving over that field
1: yeah what do you think when I'm crimpers ways
0: right that and the tires alone you know mm-hmm. it's compacting the soil and then you're trying to you know crimp or whatever your rye or whatever it is, your buckwheat or whatever on top of the soil eventually it's you know, that soil is compacted.
1: Oh, that's going to be so hard. It's going to be you like know? rocks.
0: Yeah. And there's actually been, I think we mentioned this before. There's been studies where the guys is continuously doing um, no-till. You can, you have that damp environment. We have so much thatch on top. You have that damp environment underneath where it can start creating algaes and fungus yeah. and, and um, different yeah. things like that. So that thick
1: matting. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, is we this, did mention
0: that. Yep, is disk in the ground terrible thing is the best thing in the world? I don't know, I don't have an answer to it.
1: But I, I think can, people would argue till blue in the face over that, I'm sure. Yes.
0: And uh, I, and it's not that no till is a bad thing. It works.
1: No, I mean it I works. Mean, like you said, I don't I don't think we're 100% right. I don't think they're 100% right, but uh, Yep, I agree. But we're heading in the right direction in less than a 5-year period gaining more than 1%. That's, correct i guess that's the moral of where of our point here
0: right and you, <laughs> you know and the whole the whole thing with this no-till this podcast i listened to from a reputable person was saying you don't need lime you don't need fertilizer you don't need anything all you do is let the plants decompose yeah and it it fixes it over time while well, they were talking about a five to ten year period before it actually fixes itself mm-hmm. who'd flip? has five to 10 years, unless you physically own the property. But even then I don't have that long. I can yeah. fix the soil in two to three years.
1: I'm not that patient.
0: No. I mean, it's again, I always reference. It's a deer. It's a food plot for a deer who most hunters are planning a quarter acre, half acre, you know, a couple acres at most. Right. Why do you need to no till that? Why do you need to buy a crimper? Why do you need to buy a roller? Why do you need to roll buckwheat? Which is the biggest? I, I mean, I gotta say it's the biggest laugh that I see is people rolling the buckwheat, and they just get very poor germination. It doesn't work right. They planted too many too many buckwheat seeds per acre, and now it's too thick. And now when they rolled it over, the seeds can't come up because there's too much, you know, for you know thatch on top. Um. I don't know. It, it's just the whole the whole food plot world is confused. There's so much disagreement. Um, it could go on. It go. It'll never stop. Um, but I guess the end of the story is if if what you're doing is working, then continue to do it. Um, I'm going to continue to disc. I'm going to continue to incorporate green manure back into the soil. And I'm going to continue to watch my soul samples improve.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, they you get these big name celebrity guys or whatever, and you get this cult following, and mm-hmm. they'll do anything that they mm-hmm. say, even yep. if it's not a good idea.
0: Yeah, like you know. like spraying plot boost.
1: Yeah, I mean just
0: and plot well, start. Well,
1: yeah, I wasn't even going to say, but yeah, <laughs> Spray, spraying stuff or using a certain seed or whatever, you know, I mean, if you're at, ha- like you said, if you're having success with something, I guess, go ahead, keep doing it. If you're happy, if that's, if your end goal is you're feeling good, mm-hmm. keep doing it, I guess, Yeah, you know, but are should you be happy with 1% over a three-year period or five years or whatever you say? I, no. I don't think so. No, heck no like you said we've seen way bigger gains
0: multiple point tilt. jumps
1: yes in our conventional till you know mm-hmm. and yeah oh you killed some earthworms well how many didn't i kill yeah you know how many yeah. did i miss mm-hmm. that are going to reproduce yep. you know if i pull something out of the ground and it's got worms all over it i didn't hurt them mm-hmm. i might you- killed a couple of their relatives but that's okay
0: <laughs> these guys that are doing that are emphasizing this no-till and all this and uh you know they always always see you know them taking soil and they they squeeze it right and then when you let go if it holds itself together it's good soil if you bunch another soil and it just falls apart it's bad soil right, right. well when I grab my soil out of my conventional tilling I grab it and it holds itself together right? There's a root system. Yep. So Nothing I, I just way. I just don't understand. I mean, some soils need more work than others. Some mm-hmm. soils are worse, you know, than than others, and there's different it may take a little bit longer um to yeah. improve. But uh what are some things that you can plant or what are some things that we that we plant or you plant um to improve that organic matter that you can incorporate back into the soil?
1: Well, y- you have like plow down clovers and things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use like a sun hemp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already mentioned buckwheat. Mm-hmm. You can, you could even, uh, you could even take your, uh, yeah, I know. I know what you're going to say, I'll let you say it, but you could even take like um, a, a, a growing of immature sorghum, Mm -hmm. Or Egyptian wheat or something. And you can Mm -hmm. turn that back in. You know, I'm talking when it's only a couple feet tall. Yeah. yeah. There again, if you have time and if it's your goal, if Mm -hmm. that's the way you want to do. But you know yourself in the videos that we've made, when we've disked anywhere that we had. Egyptian wheat planted the soil comes up so black and then it 100%. just looks so good and it smells yep. so nice mm-hmm. I mean I, I love to till that stuff back in oh, oh man, yeah it, it's just it's the best looking stuff mm-hmm. you know I yeah that's that, that, that's some of the things I would consider putting back in the dirt
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: and and especially like I said the plowed on clovers and sun hemp and stuff those legumes like that you' there's your free nitrogen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of that Egyptian wheat too. Another thing that you can do is uh, if it's still, you know, you still have some of it standing, you know, this time of year, you just take a bush hog to it, you know, bush hog it and it'll help kind of break it down a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, Some of my favorite things to improve the soil would be buckwheat. And as you know, I absolutely love planting sunflowers.
1: I don't, I don't have success here because they eat
0: yeah, they eat they them before
1: them. they come out yeah you know, they're, they're less than six inches and they yep they're gone
0: well remember the farm they yeah, we, we planted and uh they ate all the leaves and it was just a stalk
1: they were they turned out beautiful though
0: I know they did why
1: didn't they eat them i don't understand that
0: i I had one year where they actually ate the whole thing and then yeah, other years they would just they, eat the the leaves
1: yeah they destroyed mine um, then, how much hate video or how much hate mail did we get? whenever we rolled them things in and disced them in oh mm-hmm. my gosh i had people you know just going nuts why would you do that they were yeah. so beautiful well that were... wasn't our goal to look at them
0: yeah our goal, our goal wasn't yeah
1: was for the organic matter to put yeah. the green manure back into the dirt
0: yep they weren't to know? look at yeah. <laughs> they were they were pretty as they that, that you know for as long as they lasted but yeah the goal yeah. wasn't to you know dove hunt over them or to look no. at them or nothing for like to, that it was or
1: for bees and pollinators right that, that, that wasn't know? even the goal
0: right um the goal was to improve the soil and exactly. that's like 100% what we did that's 100% what we yep. did. you can even do a, a good rotation would be you know buckwheat through the spring and summer two plantings possibly um two immature plantings and then uh, in the fall, have wheat or rye, and then the following year, take that wheat and rye and turn that back in. Then you can do buckwheat again, and then you can plant the winter rye again in the in the fall, and then the following year again, turn that back in. And you could do that, you know, for two to three years and of rotations, and you will have an amazing considerable jump.
1: jumps considerable yep. jumps. You'll have big you'll time. See, you'll see multiple percentage numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. I so agree. I had uh. I'm frost seeding this weekend and I'm actually getting soul samples. So I have my soul samples from last year on the same two plots. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be getting the samples there. And once I get the results, I'm going to share a video just with the one year progress. Okay. So I'll be posting that up to uh, the sea. All right. What gear are we in now?
1: I don't know, but let's switch it up. Okay. Let, let's totally go a different direction. We we talked about earlier.
0: I've done forgot.
1: Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Cause I'll spring it on you then. It'll feel like new people with unrealistic goals. Ooh. Now, now we're, we're, we're shifting out of food plots into the hunting now Ooh. and people, we were saying it, it's all relative to where you live. You, first of all, you have to have big deer in the state or in the area where you live to be able to set a goal and say, I want to shoot. A 150, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's possible to do that just about anywhere, probably, if mm-hmm. you know, find the right spot. But I think, I think people are so torn up about these people on the internet all the time talking about big buck, big buck, mm-hmm. big buck. They feel like they have unrealistic goals really. Set, 100, you know hundred percent. Yep. And, and it's all relative to where you live. They got to be there first before you can hunt them and kill them. hmm you know?
0: Yeah, so the the big time you know YouTubers and and celebrities That's so much pressure type, type things. Yeah, most of them guys are are out in the Midwest. So obviously Midwest has bigger deer. You have the potential of shooting a bigger quality buck. Now what you have to realize too is most of these guys are hunting on their own land that they own, and it's in a high quality area. Otherwise they wouldn't have bought it you know what i mean so they're buying strategic properties to hunt on and they're talking about shooting big bucks because the big bucks are there right yeah. now a big buck on that side of the world is completely different from a big buck on this side of the world
1: yeah you know, a, big, or, a big buck to me is 130 140 and that's a good buck for for here in pa where i live yeah. you know
0: yep. now in maryland you know, we have areas which down eastern shore, which you know, you could have a potential of shooting a, a big boy, a 160, 170. Now around my house where I live, I mean, it dramatically goes yeah. down. I mean, a one hundred,
1: one hundred, one yeah. tens around my house here. Right,
0: a hundred percent. So you have you have to have you have to be realistic. Now I've seen people where say they're so I'm going to shoot a one fifty. I'm going to shoot a one fifty. I'm going to shoot a one fifty this year. And then they don't do that, and then they're upset. Or they see somebody on YouTube shooting these big bucks and they make that goal of 150 and or 160 or one even 140. And then they think that they have to buy a certain gear, you know, a certain pouch right. know, or some kind of certain clothing or a certain tree stand. Oh, all, all I gotta do is buy this tree stand and it's gonna improve improve help me shoot a big buck. No, (laughs) you still have to be a hunter and these bucks need to be in the area just because you do habitat features on your property and improve it and food plots and cuttings and doesn't mean that a 160 bucks buck is going to magically appear. It has to be there in the area in the first place. Yeah. A mature buck on your land might only be 125 because all your neighbors are shooting all their young deer yeah it directly affect relates to your property and what's around that what you shoot on your property at your house 5 miles down the road did, the age structure could go up and it could be 10 or 15 inch bigger bucks yes it's just for sure. it's it's so relative to where it's, you are it and is. what's and what surrounds your property what, kind what of pressure
1: Yep. Is there, what kind of ag might be there food-wise? Yep. yep.
0: Yep. yep. For sure. well, look at Well, look at the farm, the the farm we have managed together. Mm-hmm. Big woods. No ag. Right. right. When you, in that type of situation, and you then plant we, food. Yep, we introduced food. You suck in deer from miles away. And it wasn't. it
1: The first year we turkey hunted there. we might have heard one. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like... Game on. Yeah. Once they find that field every mm-hmm. spring, it was so much it was fun.
0: Yeah. So you know, bigger we over the course of five years you started seeing, you know, bigger deer, um, because of the food and you know, we weren't shooting, you know, anything small or nothing like that. So um, you know, look where I'm at now in the farm in PA. You know, it's a hundred percent different setup. It's all ag. There's quality bucks there. So the age structure is a little bit different than the farm we hunted together mm-hmm. and the quality of bucks are a little bit bigger than what we were used to. Yeah. So it, sure. it just relates to where you're at. But um, just because a dude on YouTube shoots one fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties in Iowa or Kansas or Kentucky or Indiana or Illinois doesn't mean that you can do that in PA or Maryland, New Jersey or North Carolina, South Carolina. You know what I mean? West Virginia, yeah. There's pockets that have big deer. There's certain, you know, certain areas. There's
1: big deer in every state. Every state, every state. Mm-hmm. You just have to be in a low pressure area where mm-hmm. that deer had some nutrition and some birthdays. They're everywhere. You just have to be there.
0: What were you telling me the other day? The uh, the county where that big buck was shot, or something in PA
1: oh uh that was my buddy that uh is that the one you're talking about the the guy i, I know
0: i think so the so, score or whatever it was
1: oh well yeah i was telling you about okay. that. i went to that scoring event yeah yes yeah and what
0: and what was that the eight the like the, the score
1: the northeast big buck club and he had a couple 170s come in okay uh while i was there a kid brought in a 150 And my my euro off the wall up there was a 125 and seven eights.
0: Yep. Now for example you know, you just said they were 170s there. Yeah. That's PA.
1: Yeah. That's
0: that just proves the point that big bucks are in every state. You know, I thought you you had
1: I thought you was talking about my buddy Jim that's with smoky deer lure. He shot he shot the biggest buck in in Forest County. It was like one with deductions, it was almost one ninety.
0: There you go and that's
1: crazy buck for for that area mm-hmm. I mean there's big bucks taken every year probably 150s 160s you know because that's Allegheny National Forest up there mm-hmm. it's such a huge expansed area and only certain little pockets get hunted because there's only access
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know to mm-hmm. to that type of stuff yeah. you know you, you have to have good access and if you're not willing to go deep you know, you're probably not gonna land a big boy
0: well look at this this buck here scored 185 my -hmm. parents house right nobody back then hunted so there was monster bucks on this property right and people found out about it started hunting they killed all the deer and now the age structure there is a lot less Mm -hmm. so it you know what i mean so it's 100 percent dependent on where you are and if you're say you're in a say you got whatever it is, hundred acres then you have property all surrounded yours and all these guys, neighbors are shooting two-year-olds, three-year-olds. You're not going to, you're not going to see the one fifties and sixties. Right. It it just, it's all dependent on where you live. Yeah. So don't get depressed. Keep at it. Just have realistic goals and shoot what you can only shoot what's in the area. And I guess I can say if you're not happy with that, Go someplace else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just keep it real and keep grinding. Like you said, have real realistic gr- goals.
0: Oh, I'm. And uh,
1: you just, if you've got some food for them, you know, mm-hmm. and just don't shoot the little ones. Yeah, you're gonna have to have a tag soup or one one year or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they gotta have birthdays. Gotta have yeah. birthdays.
0: Birthdays and food.
1: That's 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 it.
0: Take us out of here.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for for listening to this podcast. Find us on all your favorite platforms and audio version on my channel. And we will see you in a week.
0: Number 13.
1: Yeah, number 13. Drop some comments. Let us know what you want to hear about. We will see you on the next cast.
0: Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye.